When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means Now I just want you in my What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? Feeling a little different today on Friday, April 3rd. How's everybody doing? Okay, I hear you. I hear you, I feel you. It's a weird day. Each day keeps feeling weird. Um... We still have no baseball. And I also realize this is like the first time that I can just say baseball and I don't actually need to uh, gender segregate it because no one's playing baseball. Also, no one's playing professional sports right now. Um, Pretty wild to think about it that way. You know, when you're like, oh, this actually nobody's nobody's playing anything right now. And we have an opportunity to reset after this. Well, I am not holding out any hope. I hope that more people think differently after this. Uh, And when I say after this, please know that I mean that in the most vague of terms. Um, Because, holy shit, here's the thing. It's always been happening. It's always going to happen. This is a very specific and concentrated version of anything and everything that has been plaguing anybody, you know? Um, Oh, if you're new at this podcast, I'm Maria Butcher. I'm the host of this podcast. It's called Three Swings. It's a podcast about baseball and other things. Hard emphasis on the other things these days. (laughs) Um, Happy you're here if you're new. Happy you're here if you're not new. Um, We're kind of all new to this every day, right? Something new. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing people saying, you know, online and stuff like, what's the first thing you're going to do after this? And and I don't mean to be cynical, because um, like the first thing I'm going to do after this, which I guess means after we're not quarantined, I guess, is what people mean. Because um, when you ask it that vaguely to me, it just means everything. And that's like saying, well, what are you going to do after the civil rights movement? What are you going to do after the LGBTQ rights movement? Like nothing ever ends, you know, um, not nothing. We end each individual person ends and that's it. That's the only thing that ends on this planet. Um, everything keeps going no matter what. Um, but if you're going to say, if we're going to get specific and talk about what I'm going to do after the quarantine ends, probably the first thing is hug my friends. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, go for a walk and smile at people because now I'm wearing a mask 
because the Los Angeles mayor, Eric Garcetti, which I always want to call Carcetti from <laughs> The Wire, uh, he has now said that it's uh, a strong suggestion um, that a requirement that you wear a mask or a bandana, some sort of face covering when you go out for essentials because you're not supposed to be going out for anything but essentials. And that applies to everywhere. And um, I'm just putting it out there because, I mean, I, I'm i personally trying to not um, enjoy uh, pointing out how badly other people are doing it because there was a point where I, when I wasn't doing it, so, you know, the um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone is a pretty powerful statement. And when you think about it, um, the word sin is is very strong and heavy. So I, I like to change it to he who, with his, who, he who is without mistakes cast the first stone. And so I can't really cast any stones. Doesn't mean I can't say this is what I'm doing and we should all do our part. It's just that I'm not going to get off on complaining about how people aren't doing it right. Because I, I could, I would go for years about people not doing it right. And like, that's why I said, you know, when they were showing those kids in Florida, do I not judge those kids? Absolutely. I'm a human being. Um, but like for me to, to like act as though I'm so much better than them because I'm not doing that. Well, I, I would put money on. If I was 19 right now, I would be doing a lot of very dumb shit and I wouldn't be taking it very seriously because I was 19. And so instead of like shitting on those people, I look to see where I could do better. Not than them, but just better than I'm already doing. That's all you can really do. Um, because like, let's bring that back to baseball. If you are not playing well, and then the only, th and you're like, well, this and that, the other thing, the the fans and the this and the that. It's like, at a certain point, you're just not hitting well, you know? At a certain point, it's on you, you know? It's just on me. It's on me to do good. That's it. Plain and simple. And my doing good looks a lot different than somebody else's doing good. But if we all try and do our best, which is not definable, then we can maybe do better. That's kind of it. That's the only thing. Like somebody, I posted a photo of me in a, like a, a resp like a mask that my girlfriend wears because she does like carpentry and welding and stuff. And she, I just found it and I put it on and somebody sent me a message that said, you know, like it's, it's hurtful to nurses. Like it was a passed along message. And like, I, I heard that I hear it. It's hurtful to nurses for celebrities, which I, I mean, thanks for considering me a celebrity, I guess. Um, at this point, I'm just a person recording a podcast in their kitchen, but, uh, I also get it, but now I'm going to post photos of wearing masks because that's what people are being asked to do. And so I'm trying to show by example, lead by example, by showing, um, because we all know that showing is better than telling. And so just telling people they're doing it wrong isn't really going to make much difference. Now, like this is all again, very concentrated, but if we look at these things that I'm talking about, I've been talking about this the whole time on this podcast. Like what I have realized in the past couple years of doing standup is like, people don't want to be yelled at. Like we 
I say, you know, queer people, I'm going to speak about queer folks and say we, our whole thing is we don't want to be yelled at. We don't want to be yelled at. We don't want to be legislated against. We don't want to be told we don't matter. We don't want to be told all those things. But I can't then just yell at people to not do it because they're not, they're not going to listen. Listening, like seeing something is the way that it works. And so like, yes, the power of visibility is important, but it's not even just visibility. It's literally like living a good life. Like all of these things, these mantras and cliches and all these things are coming into harsh relief for me right now. You can't yell at somebody to do it. Doesn't mean I can't have an opinion. Doesn't mean that I'm just like quiet and I do nothing and I say nothing. It's it's just that the important thing is your actions, um, not the things that you're saying necessarily. Um, there's an interesting part in the movie Peanut Butter Falcon, Falcon about that, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't think I talked about that on this podcast. I can't really remember. But we've most of us have a lot of time on our hands, so maybe give that movie a, a, a watch. I, I thought it was a, a great movie. I thought they did a great job with a really low budget, um, and uh, I thought it was a. a it, it reminded me of those like late eighties, early nineties, like Disney and Disney esque live action um, on the run movies, um, and uh, that really took me back to like the Wizard and stuff like that. Um, Anyway, as as usual, my my openings are very all over the place. Um, so the first thing I'm going to do is hug my friends. The second thing I'm going to do is go for a walk. And then the third thing I'm going to do is go play baseball with my friends and hug all those friends. Because um, now I've, I do miss baseball. You know, people were asking me a week ago how, or two weeks ago, how are you doing without baseball? And I was like, uh, that's not my biggest concern right now. But then eventually you do start to just miss the things you love. Um, and so I will let you guys know that um, some like video stream watch throughs are in the works, um, hopefully happening next week. And you'll get more info specific information from me on that. It's going to be a little different than three swings. It's not going to be three swings, but it is going to be me and some pals watching some baseball commentating on some baseball and then you guys can watch it and we'll set up a Patreon for that. Um, also setting up a Patreon for three swings and you can go to that now it's a uh, patreon.com slash three swings. And you know, I wanted to get a Patreon together to have all this bonus content and all this extra stuff. But, um, as you know, right now there's not a lot of baseball content necessarily. There's not a lot of new stuff to talk about, um, there's no games to be recovering. There's no fantasy baseball to be covering. So right now that Patreon is just um, if you want to donate. And that gives me a, a good time or a moment to say thanks to everybody that threw me a couple bucks. A lot of people threw me a lot of bucks, and I really appreciate that. It's very nice of you. Um, if you want to continue doing that, you can do that through Patreon. Right now, I, there's not a lot of ads in fact, the ad that's going to be in this show is basically what I'm saying right now. And it's not for anything um, because those companies are also out of business right now. Or like, I don't mean out of business, but I mean, they're not, you know, business just shut down. So the show doesn't really have a ton of ads. So if you want to help us keep it going, throw a couple bucks on that Patreon. And like I said, um, 
do all have more info in the ad. So listen to that ad. It's just going to be me talking. Um, and it's basically what I'm already saying. Um, and I guess I just wanted to share two other things or like not two other things, one other thing. Um, I keep thinking, so Gojo is the company that makes Purell and that company is in Akron. And I remember when Purell started being made, it was about like, it was the mid nineties, like 1995, six, seven, somewhere around there. Um, and I got my first job at a skate shop in Akron, Ohio. Well, technically it was in, um, Springfield Township, which isn't really Akron, but anyway, it was called Summer Squall. The building isn't even there anymore. Um, and it was owned by a couple and they were really, I, I really got to know them and, uh, learned a lot working there. And, uh, the, the dude, he would sort of saunter in and like, he would come to, to just hang out for like five and then leave. And, but there was like this big bottle of Purell on the countertop. And that was the first time I ever really saw it outside of a doctor's office. And I remember him coming in and using it and being like, you know, we keep using this stuff. We're just going to get a super virus one day and it's going to wipe us all out. And I remember thinking partially like, oh, whatever, dude. And then the more research I did about, <laughs> the more I learned about that, the more I kept thinking about that the more I realized he was right. I mean, I kind of knew he was right because I like learned that Purell, the sanitizer, number one, this is just for you guys, is you shouldn't use it in place of hand washing unless that's the only thing you have. And two, you should use it after you wash your hands to repel germs from your hands. It's kind of like liquid gloves. So instead of washing your hands and putting on latex gloves, what you can do is wash your hands thoroughly, 20 seconds, and then you dry them and then you put on the hand sanitizer and it repels germs longer and then you're washing less germs off of your hands and you're getting less germs on your hands. However, when we use it the first way, it does what that guy was talking about, my former boss was talking about, which is it it kills these bugs and then because of, you know, like evolution um, and the way science works and biology works, they do get stronger. They begin to, to, be, to not be repelled by it because they're being killed by it. And so then they have to de like develop defenses against it, which is viruses are born that are not overwhelmed by the sanitizer which is also the reason why people are getting so sick because uh, younger people who are getting sick, but younger people under the age of 20 don't have developed immune systems. So those immune systems don't overreact to this virus when it gets into their lungs. That's what's actually causing such uh, drastic effects in people over 20 is because we have developed immune systems. So the immune system is like, oh, I know what to do now. And it attacks this virus and it actually is attacking our own bodies and our immune, own immune systems in our lungs, causing an overreaction, which then causes respiratory issues, which if you already have respiratory issues, if you were a smoker, if you have COPD, like any of these issues, um, you go, you, you have to be put on a ventilator. Um, 
so I say all of this about the hand sanitizer because that was, you know, 15 years ago. No, 25 years ago. Wait, 23 years ago. Um, somewhere around there, like give or take 22 years ago. I'm because I can't remember what year it was. He said it. I'll say that. Um, and you know, that guy died in a motorcycle accident, like less than a mile away from his house. And he wasn't wearing a helmet. And I miss those people every day. His wife was on the back and she did not die, but she had a major head injury, a traumatic head injury. And I never really got to see her again. And I know that's like very drastic news. It's a personal story. Those are two people that I think of all the time. And those two stories from my life with them are the things I try to do every day, you know, which is like, keep in mind, do the best that we can because we have that super virus now, whether it's because of hand wash, because of Purell or not, I don't know. Um, it's happening and it's not going away and you should do the things that you hear to do instead of practicing cynicism and skepticism and not doing it. So stay home, which means stay home. It doesn't mean go to the park. It doesn't mean get in your car and drive to a place where there's nobody. It means stay home. It means stay home because the further away you go from your house, if you have it, you are spreading it. And the further you go away from your home, you are potentially picking it up. And why gamble? Why gamble? Wear the fucking helmet. Wear the fucking helmet. Just wear a helmet. I know it looks dumb and you don't like the way it feels, but like wear a fucking helmet. <laughs> you know, I think all the time how I want to get on my bike and not wear a helmet because I'm not going that far. Well, it doesn't matter how far I'm going. It just matters that I'm going. So I have to think about, do I want to hit the ground without a helmet? No, because I've done that and it's not fun. And I'm lucky that I walked away from it. So just wear the helmet. All we're doing right now is wearing helmets. That's it. We're wearing helmets. We're not wearing cures. We're wearing helmets. Um, so we'll be back after this with the briefest of baseball news uh, right after this. Okay. We're back and have a couple things to talk about. Uh, up top, we're going to talk about the Yankees, PPE ponchos, PPE. This is in the New York, this is from the New York Times on the 2nd of April. Uh, when a doctor at one of New York City's top hospitals arrived for work on Tuesday night, she found the following items in the bag of protective equipment that she received a mask, an eye shield, and in place of the usual medical gown, a plastic white and navy New York Yankees poncho, pinstriped, by the way, the kind available for purchase on rainy game days. Outraged, the doctor, an obstetrician gynecologist, gynecologist resident at the hospital, part of Montefiore Medical Center in the Bronx, took a picture of the poncho and posted it on Twitter. I'm a physician at a hospital in New York City, and this is the PPE I was just handed for my shift. She wrote, using the acronym for Personal Protective Equipment. The post was retweeted tens of thousands of times, emerging as a 
viral illustration of the equipment shortages that have plagued hospitals during the coronavirus pandemic. In a statement, Montefiore Medical Center said the ponchos were not intended as protective gear, but instead were a gift to the weary staffers. We received a very generous donation of 2,500 ponchos from our Bronx neighbors and friends, the New York Yankees. Oh, what a generous donation, said the statement issued on Wednesday evening. We distributed them first come, first serve to the first 2,500 of our staff who walked in the door last night and this morning. This was a gift intended for their personal use. Does that not sound like, uh, hey, come on down to the ballpark. The first 2,500 weary staff get a free poncho. The obstetrician-gynecologist resident who first tweeted about the ponchos declined to comment, saying Montefiore had not authorized her to speak to the media. The Yankees also declined to comment, but a team executive speaking on condition of anonymity said someone at the hospital contacted the team recently asking specifically for ponchos. The club donated thousands, the executive said. I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit on that. And four other hospital employees who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution said they had received bags containing ponchos and were told to to use the items in the bags as protective equipment. I mean, that sounds a little more... Four hospital employees who spoke on the condition of anonymity, not an executive, all said they refused to wear the ponchos and instead reused old gowns or dipped into the hospital's dwindling emergency supplies. The Bronx has been among the hardest hit parts of New York City with more than 8,600 cases, 584 cases for every 100,000 residents, a higher rate than any borough other than Queens, according to city data. The Bronx had the highest percentage of cases resulting in hospitalizations. The reason I wanted to talk about this on this show is because it just highlights to me many things. All of this, this pandemic is highlighting all the cracks and all the lack of foundation in this country and in this, in capitalism. I mean, it's clearly not sustainable. Even if you, even if you love capitalism, you honestly have to take a hard look at the fact that it is not sustainable. Like it's built on the idea of unsustainability and people want to look away from that all the time. Now, did I go to college for economics? Did I pay much attention in economics? No. Do I pay attention to these things at all? No. I'm just a person who thinks and breathes and looks at what's going on in the world. And the fact that we've built a system where we must rely on uh, men's professional baseball teams to supply hospitals with the equipment they need in a crisis, I think there's a big problem. I also think this relates to, there was a headline yesterday on Twitter about Robert Kraft, quote, donating the Patriots' private jet to fly to China and then pick up 1.7 million masks and fly them back to Boston. Now, I don't want to dismiss the... uh, donation part of that. I don't want to dismiss that it needs to happen. And it's a good thing that it's happening because we need those masks. But how, how can you look at that and just think, oh, this is so good because you've created a system wherein Robert Kraft, a multi-billionaire who owns a major sports team that's 
men's that only men are allowed to play football. And on top of that, a team that's cheated, uh, a multi-billionaire who also owns is the heir to a major multi-billion dollar corporation in America is creating his own supply chain. Who's to say that there, I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. It's bonkers to me. And it's bonkers to me that, I mean, to see like this, uh, to see a doctor holding this like giveaway poncho, like of the New York, I just, I almost don't even have words for the way that I feel about it. It's really hard to even find them because it's, it's almost, I wanted to say like, it's almost a bad, like it was a bad idea to allow, I mean, to allow a monopoly on anything, but, and I've been saying this for years, but the fact that like, and this goes back to saying how nobody's playing any sports. So gender equity has happened today. Um, it's unfortunate that it had to happen this way, but here you go. You have it nonetheless. Creating a monopoly, like a gender-based monopoly in sports also then created like a conceptual monopoly on sports. Like the only way to play football is in the NFL. And so few people get a chance to do that. Um, nothing in life is fair, but I thought that we were all trying to make life a little bit better for ourselves and each other, you know? I mean, and I guess that's where I'm dumb. Um, I just don't understand it's, it's just, we received a very generous donation. It's just like, oh, it's just like, oh, it makes me, it makes me so sad and frustrated and it makes me all of the things. And also I can't really like live on that anger and frustration. But like, to me, it, it's just so clear to me that we need healthcare, not insurance. I, I person, this is a personal belief of mine that we need healthcare not insurance. The fact that we even have insurance and privatized healthcare is a major flaw that is being exposed right now. It's not that we need more affordable insurance. We need healthcare. You need to be able to walk into a hospital and say, I am sick. I need help. And that is how it goes. Because I mean, I see people tweet about, you know, like, Think about, you know, if you get tested and you're positive for coronavirus, you're going to have to think about the last 24 hours. Are you going to be proud of what you did? And I understand the impetus to like, to, to impress upon people like, Hey, think about what you're doing right now. But would you say that to somebody that has, that tests positive for HIV? Probably not. Probably not. And so I hope that no one feels shamed about what I'm saying that like, Hey, we just need to wear helmets, man. Cause like, you shouldn't feel ashamed of getting sick, no matter what it is, because you're sick. You're sick. Whatever that sickness is, no matter what that sickness is, when we have capitalism, we have hierarchy, we have classism, we have elitism, and it's all just, we've somehow applied classism to illness, as though coronavirus is somehow the middle class of illnesses or something like that. And like, Oh, we could all get it. So this time it's a cry. Like anybody can get anything anytime. That's why you should be able to go to the hospital and get anything that you need anytime and not have to pay for it. And it shouldn't be tied to whether you are able to work or not. 
because being able to work or not is not is not a black and white concept. Not every unemployed person chooses to be unemployed. And even if they do, we're going to punish everyone for that? I just have never understood that concept. I mean, I grabbed onto it when I was younger and I didn't understand the world and I was 19 and arrogant because I got a job. Everybody can get a job. That's not just not true. There's a matrix of information. Anyway, now, now I'm just mad about everything. But why? I mean, I also will say that a lot of teams have taken their uniforms and have started making masks out of them. I hope that's helpful for people. Um, I hope that we figure out a way of getting the equipment we need. I, all these people, millions of people are applying for unemployment. I don't know why we can't, you know, create task force to make these things. Like we're, I mean, I know why we can't because red tape regulation all of a sudden, because it's for a pandemic and, the government would rather just let people perish than save them because that's not their job. Um, I would also say I filled out the census and I feel very uneasy about it, even though that's something you're supposed to do. Um, and I will point out there was no option to uh, note all the potential fetuses it, that I could have in my body. Um, so it's weird that we keep legislating for those, those people that are not counted in the census whatsoever, not even referred to. Anyway, just a thought. Um, and then, uh, moving on to an Astros update, the former Houston Astros manager, AJ Hinch and general manager, Jeff Lunau will satisfy their one year suspensions. Even if the 2020 MLB season is canceled in its entirety, according to ESPN's Buster only on January 13th, commissioner Rob Manfred handed down unprecedented punishments, leveling one year suspensions as a result of MLB's investigation into the Astros sign stealing practices in the 2017 and 2018 seasons. Both Hinch and Lunau were subsequently fired by Astros owner, Jim Crane an hour after the report was released. Because their respective suspensions are linked to the end of the 2020 postseason rather than a specific number of games, the two would be eligible re to return to the sport in the 2021 season. In the report, the punishments are worded in the following way. Both men shall be suspended without pay for the period beginning on January 13th, 2020 and ending on the day following the completion of the 2020 World Series. So, I mean, I... I'm no lawyer, but I could read into that. There will be no completion of the 2020 World Series. So therefore, to me, they are suspended indefinitely. That's the way that I would look at that. Uh, I think it's also crazy that because there's no game number. So does that mean players are going to have to serve out their suspensions no matter what? I just think, you know, white collar crime, man. White collar crime. They always get away with it because it doesn't really hurt anybody. But, you know, stealing food because you've got to eat or selling drugs because your family needs to eat or you need to eat, that is something that should be punishable because Hammurabi's code, you know what I mean? There's no cheat for a cheat. So you can't really, there's, there's, I can't really take anything from them. You know what I mean? Like they, they didn't, they didn't take anything from me that anybody could put on paper. So I can't really take anything from them and we should just let it go. Right. And because it affected so many people it's hard to really say what the punishment should be for that. <sighs> also, Evan Gaddis was on a podcast recently talking about how he sees that they, they did actually tweet. I mean, it's only the retired guys that seem to have this kind of perspective, which I understand. And, uh, 
can relate to. But uh, here's a quote from him, and I'll just leave you guys with this. For some players that we faced that I'd never faced before or something like that, even selfishly, we didn't get to find out how good those people are. And they didn't either, Gaddis said. I think that was the one cool thing about playing in the big leagues was just to find out how good you are, which I think is valuable. Everyone wants to be the best player in the fucking world, man. And we cheated that for sure. We obviously cheated baseball and cheated fans. Fans felt duped. I feel bad for fans. I mean, it all depends on what your definition of good is. I think. So in some good news, to end this podcast on what feels like some good news, depending on your definition of good, the minor league payment plans came out on CBS Sports on the 31st of March. On Tuesday, MLB announced that it is extending league-wide support for minor league players through May 31st or the beginning of the minor league season. Players will continue receiving $400 weekly allowances and medical benefits, and individual clubs may provide additional benefits, housing, food, etc. beyond that. Hey, remember when uh, Jeff Lunau was going to um, shut down the minors, basically, to create his own personal pipeline into uh, cheating? Remember when Jeff Lunau was going to do that? Remember when the Houston plan was going to go into effect and like 100 teams were going to not exist anymore? Well, looky what we have here. The $400 weekly allowance is equal to a minor league's spring training per diem. Soon after spring training was shut down on March 12th, MLB announced it would continue paying minor leaguers their spring allowances until April 9th, which was scheduled to be minor league opening day. That has now been extended. Earlier this year, MLB announced it will raise minor league minimum salaries beginning in 2021. In 2020, the $400 weekly allowance represents a raise for most minor leaguers. Here is the minimum salary plan set to begin next year. Rookie ball in short season, $290 weekly raised to $400 weekly. Single A is $290 weekly raised to $500 weekly. Double A is $350 weekly raised to $600 weekly. And Triple A, $502 weekly raised to $700 weekly. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good universal basic income to me. Um, We should all be minor leaguers. Now, I'm happy for these minor leaguers because what else are they going to do? I want everybody to get paid right now. So, that being said, I also think where... I just want to point out, what about the stadium staff? How are they going to make ends meet? Do they have health care? Because minor leaguers are still under contract with their team, they cannot file for unemployment during the shutdown, and finding a temporary job is difficult. Not only is the job market in bad shape, and that's putting it lightly, but players would have to be able to pick up and leave at a moment's notice when baseball resumes. Hard to find work under those conditions. Plus, players need time to stay sharp and in shape. Spring training facilities in Arizona and Florida have been shut down and minor leaguers have been encouraged to go home during the shutdown if possible. The Yankees had two minor leaguers test positive for COVID-19 earlier this month, at which point they quarantined all their minor leaguers for two weeks. Remember when the Yankees were going to voted to stay on at spring training? Remember when Trevor Bauer had a, had a, a baseball game, even though we were talking about the spread of this virus. I wonder how many of those people have tested positive. You know, I don't want them to, but I'm just curious and we won't know. I mean, that's the thing. That's, that's the reality of this whole thing. And then when you realize it to go back to, what are you going to do when this is all over is, I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm going to do the same thing I do every night, Pinky. <laughs> try to take over the world. I'm going to try to take over my world, which is how do I make my day positive? How do I make my day creative in the smallest ways? We don't know. We never know. We just put our best foot forward. You just do it one step at a time. The next right indicated action, the next best thing you can do, and treat others with kindness, respect, and compassion. And first and foremost, treat yourself with kindness, respect, and compassion. And that's how you gain dignity. You know, simple, small things. Like, I am beating myself up less and less, but every day, because I have a script that maybe somebody wants to buy, but I cannot bring myself to work on it. I cannot do it. So I, what I'm trying to do is let it go. If you love something, let it go. I'm letting it go. And then you know what? I'm making candles out of supplies that I already had. And I'm cutting cheese. <laughs> I don't mean farting, but I am farting. I, I Slicing cheese in a way that like, I don't know, looks good on a piece of bread. And like noticing how it looks, noticing things and taking care of my plants and folding clothes, you know, those are small ways of being, it's very tiny, small ways of being creative, um, in your day. You do not have to be productive. You do not have to be what other people want you to be. We say that all the time about other things right now. You definitely don't have to do it and you don't have to lose yourself. You do not have to take crumbs from people. You do not have to be treated poorly right now. And that doesn't mean that you have to yell at those people. It just means that's not where you need to be. You don't need to put your energy into places that aren't fulfilling, that aren't kind and compassionate to you. You can go to where the love is. And sometimes the love is watching your favorite movie. Sometimes the love is sitting outside for 10 minutes. Sometimes the love is picking up a pen and paper and just letting it flow. It can be, it, sometimes it's sweeping the floor. But right now is the time to find out what that is, even if, especially if you feel hopeless, especially if you feel hopeless. Because I can't tell you what to do to make yourself feel better, but I can tell you there are things to do. All those years of therapy that I paid sliding scale because I was unemployed, I couldn't find a job, and I was so depressed, I did not know what to do, and I would go to low-income therapy, pay $5, and this therapist would tell me, go for a walk, and I would go, that's not going to do it in my head, and I wouldn't do it. But now I go for walks, and you know what? Sometimes it does it. So I'm grateful to those therapists 10, 15 years ago that kept telling me the same thing, kept telling me the same thing. Sometimes you got to hear something a thousand times before you can do it once. But I don't know what it is that you need to do, but open yourself to the possibility that there might be something good on the other side of the next thing that you do in your day. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate everybody that listens. Um, trying to keep it light and positive, but also talk about what's going on because it's frustrating. Um, please uh, vote if your state is still doing, um, you know, like mail-in ballots. I am sorry if you're living in a state that is forcing you to physically go to the polls. I find that to be incredibly irresponsible and you should do what you think is right. And if you have protective gear to go to the polls, you should do that. And um, you know, read up on not just the presidential primary, but also what sort of measures are going on in your city, town, state, and also the down ticket folks. They are very important. They are very important for the next time this happens and for getting out of what we are going to be in 
for quite some time. So please take a look at those things and please keep a lookout for that live stream. It's going to be happening, if not next week, very soon. Um, so please rate, review, subscribe, check out that Patreon. Anything you can donate is great. I'm hoping to set up some donations as well for COVID relief, but also it would be helpful to help keep this podcast going if you want to see it going. So obviously I've been Rhea Butcher and as usual, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.